Welcome to Cybersecurity Growth, a show for aspiring and existing cybersecurity leaders. I'm your host, Sean Valley, Executive Director and CISO of Cybersecurity Growth, former Chief Security Officer of Rapid7 and former CISO of Tricentis. I am also a musician here on Twitch and elsewhere under the name Music by SV, but more on that later. Welcome to episode number seven, Cloud Security 101. Let me give a little update since the last time we got together. It has been a minute since we got together to do one of these shows. Uh, First off, I want to start out with a couple recent followers on the Twitch. Uh, Looks like just in uh, this week... Uh, two new followers, MJSDDG21. Thank you for the follow. And GameAid, GameAid, GameAd. I'm going to say GameAd, Necro. Thank you for the follow. We had some other followers since the last time we got together because it has been. I say I do the show every week, but it's been about two months since we got together, and we'll talk a little, a little bit about that. Uh, But uh, my recent followers, I only have those two in my activity log. So thank you both for the followers. Before we get into things today, uh, covering very important topics to start the day out. First of all, folks often ask who are watching on the live stream or the video, who am I wearing today? Uh, Today I'm wearing a Splunk shirt. I'm wearing some Splunk today. And uh, I believe the words here say, uh, because ninjas are too busy. And then on the back it says Splunk. Pretty sure I got this at a uh, Black Hat conference eons ago. I used to love going to the Splunk booth because they would always have a wall of black t-shirts with with one-liners on them that were sometimes witty, sometimes maybe not so much. But there was always like you'd get up there and be like, oh, what shirt are they going to give me today? I think they still do it at all the conferences. So that's who I'm wearing today. The weather is nice in my area, though it is strange. I'm going to speak about things in Fahrenheit, because that is where I am in the world, where we talk about Fahrenheit in the U.S. Uh, Yesterday morning, it was 35 degrees Fahrenheit, which is bizarre, because the day before, it was like 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, Strange. Uh, This morning was about 45, 46 Fahrenheit start the day, and I just went outside a moment ago, and it was like, you know, it was t-shirt weather, so welcome to New England, that's what I say. Um, What else is going on? My hard rock band, yes, no lie, no cap, my hard rock band played a concert uh, this week, this past Wednesday of all all times. The uh, the show is even live-streamed on YouTube. Uh, at the place we played, a place called the Midway Cafe. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, we are also on my other Twitch channel, live streaming our songwriting and recording process as well. We even re- released a new song this week and a new song two weeks ago. I'll talk about that later on in our music section. Always good, always good to have an unrelated hobby. Though some might say it's not really a hobby because I put a whole lot more time than probably a hobby should get. Um, Other things, uh, you may know that I have a cybersecurity growth TikTok account where sometimes I just check in on the news and throw my commentary. um, I've been trying to post, I I somehow got distracted and wasn't posting there as much as I should, but put something up there recently about interviewing for jobs, for those looking for jobs in the cybersecurity field. 
Uh, and I'll be posting more on uh, what's going on. So anyways, that's how things are going. Today's going to be an interesting uh, show. Um, we're not going to do the news today. Usually I have a, a segment where we get into the news, but today we're going to get right into the meat of things. We have a section uh, which is a big part of this whole show, this webcast and this podcast, known as Death by Slides. I used to call it Death by PowerPoint, but if I'm being honest with all of us, I am using Google Slides, so calling it Death by PowerPoint. We all get the sense, but want to be realistic. Um, Death by Slides. And today's Death by Slides will be uh, a very focal point of today. We'll get through that. Then we'll come back to a, a section where we talk about some music that I am listening to. I'd love to see anyone who's in chat. If you uh, want to join in on the chat in any of these segments, please do. Uh, but we'll come back after Death by Slides, talk about what I'm listening to these days, and then we'll wrap up with some conclusions uh, of the day. So that's the plan, my friends. Today's Death by Slides, I'm going to bring the appropriate screen up here so we can actually see it. Today's Death by Slides is on a topic known as cloud security. Uh, it's an area that I guess is near and dear to my heart. Some people uh, ask me, you know, some of my strengths, and I never thought my strengths were cloud security until I felt like a lot of my colleagues out in industry, many are deep into the space, but there's a lot who scratch their head and said, I, there's just, it's not an area that I grew up with and it's an area that's new to me. So I thought I would take some time to put together a presentation for us to walk through around the world of cloud security. So I decided to title this Cloud Security 101. And that's what we're going to focus on today. So I've got some slides on the screen that I'm going to share. I've got some words that I wrote down that I'm going to read from. Uh, most of this is based off of content I found in various parts of the internet. Uh, and then I will bring my commentary to this as we go. Usually the show lasts about 90 minutes. I didn't really time today's show, so we will see how long this goes. Welcome to Cloud Security 101 by Cybersecurity Growth. And the overview here I have from Frost & Sullivan, an analyst company, says, cloud computing is becoming the norm in the business environment with a variety of cloud models and services available. The accelerated migration to the cloud has enabled businesses to embrace their digital transformation journey and simplify their IT infrastructure and operations. The use of cloud computing is transforming the application development lifecycle, security operations, and the way organizations build, operate, and manage back-end infrastructure and front-end customer-facing applications with cloud-native technologies such as containers, Kubernetes, serverless, infrastructure as code, IAC, and other continuous integration, continuous delivery platforms, or as people like to call it, CICD platforms for cloud management, application development and deployment. A little bit of cloud, a little overview of cloud. This comes from uh, Rapid7, a place that is near and dear to my heart. A study from Divi Cloud, which is now part of the Rapid7 family, found a majority of respondents reported being in the final optimization stages of their cloud journey. 59% indicated that they are in the DevOps optimization stage, an 11% increase from last year, and 36% indicated they are in the cloud ops optimization stage. And while the surge towards the cloud adoption, and in many ways, there's a gaping hole in the strategy of many. Among enterprises already using public 
cloud, which is about 93%, only 40% confirmed their organization had an approach to managing cloud and container security in place. According to Gartner, by 2023, 99% of cloud security failures will be the customer's fault. Ouch, Gartner. And through 2024, organizations implementing a cloud security posture management offering, or CSPM, and extending this into the development will reduce cloud-related security incidents due to misconfiguration by 80%. The prognosis above will have major consequences. In 2018 and 2019 alone, cloud misconfigurations cost enterprises an estimated $5 trillion. Of the respondents who confirmed their organization is using public cloud, only a little more than half, about 58%, said they had clear guidelines and policies in place for developers building applications and operating in a public cloud. And of those, 25% said these policies are not enforced, while 17% confirmed their organization lacks clear guidelines entirely. To top it all, Almost half, about 49%, of all respondents whose organizations use public cloud said that their developers and engineers at times ignore or circumvent cloud security and compliance policies. Uh, I think anyone listening to this will probably nod your head and say, uh, yep. Uh, most of these attacks can be prevented by addressing software vulnerabilities, cloud misconfigurations, and utilizing cloud identity access management governance strategies and best practices. With this in mind, here's a cloud security checklist. Remember, this comes from Rapid7, our friends at Rapid7. They have uh, five bullets here uh, in their checklist. Detect publicly exposed assets, paying special attention to storage, database, search, and cache services. Identify and remove excessive and unused permissions. Harden security configurations, secure APIs, uncover data theft attempts or security incidents. Oh, and there's a sixth. Automate cloud security functions. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Rapid7 and folks at Divi Cloud, which is now known as Insight Cloud Sec. It used to be known as Divi Cloud. So this is interesting. If you're not familiar with Gartner, or the Gartner hype cycle, right? Gartner's an analyst organization who I feel like they're the, they're the organization that coins lots of acronyms in the security space. So what I'm showing on screen here is the Gartner hype cycle for cloud security that came out in 2021. Um, what it shows is a list of, of product types or solutions that have been created that are in kind of their early stages of innovation that are... Uh, you know, that are getting the folks are getting excited about and then those are kind of like get to that the, the peak of that excitement or kind of like over inflated it says over inflated expectations when the products are kind of really exciting and then the where the the solutions realize well maybe they're not going to hit everything that were um expected which gartner calls the trough of disillusionment and then as things start to plateau, as solutions start to plateau and kind of find their way forward, they move into the slope of enlightenment and then finally into the plateau of productivity where they um, become kind of more of a commodity, I guess, I guess. So anyways, here's a picture from Gartner on the screen here, and I want to highlight a few things. So the Gartner hype cycle shows the cloud security product space is massive with over 15 different 
product solution categories, not companies, but 15 different categories across the five stages of the Gartner hype cycle. From a 2021 assessment, which we have on screen here, four cloud security product categories were in the earliest stage, the innovation stage, the innovation trigger stage. They're known as CIEM, CIEM, uh, Confidential Computing, SaaS Security Posture Management, and Chaos Engineering. Six cloud security product categories are in the second Gartner stage, the peak of inflated expectations. That includes cloud native application protection platforms, security service edge, SaaS management platforms, SASE or S-A-S-E, security rating services, and CSP native DLP. I love that one. It's an a name that's made up of multiple acronyms. There's six product categories that are in the third Gartner state, the trough of, of disillusionment. Trough of disillusionment. I do love the name of that. And they make up uh, cloud data backup, multi-cloud K-mass, serverless function security, immutable infrastructure, SaaS delivered IAM, and cloud data protection gateways. Of course, if you look at the slide really close, it says cloud data protection getaways. I love this. I love the typo, and I love that I saw that getaways, but they, I, I'm quite certain they meant gateways. There are 11 product categories that are in the fourth Gartner state, the slope of enlightenment. These include ZTNA, contain, uh, container and Kubernetes security, CSPM, Enterprise Key Management, Identity-Based Segmentation, Cloud Workload Protection Platforms, Hardware-Based Security, Multi-Cloud Managed Services, Private Cloud Computing, CASBs, and I'm out of fingers now, uh, Cloud Management Platforms. That's 11. And two product categories are in the fourth state, the most mature state. So when I say this is the most mature, the second one, I, the one I just had with the 11 is, is getting very mature. The, there's two that are in the mature state, EDRM and Cloud Application Discovery. Okay, thank you, Gardner. Uh, I, here's what we're going to cover today. I don't have the time to go through all of these, and, and I actually don't know all of these, so... One of the things to note is when I put this slide deck together, uh, some, I pulled the areas that I knew the most, and I pulled together areas that, uh, I, that one that I knew the most of so I could speak to, and then areas that I wanted to learn a little bit more about. So here are the areas that we're going to focus on today. CASBs, C-A-S-B, CASB, but I only know it as the word CASB, so that's why I say that. Um, Sorry, the slide uh, didn't build as I wanted it to. There it is. CASBs, uh, and then Cloud Workload Protection Platforms, uh, CSPM, and also Container and Kubernetes Security. These are all the areas we're going to get into today. SASE, we're going to get into SASE. Cloud Native Application Protection Platforms, SAS Security Posture Management, and then finally CIEM. So this is what we're going to get into today in our time together. So sit back, relax, strap in. Here we go. Uh, lots of acronyms here. Lots of acronyms and a crazy amount of tools. So I just mentioned some acronyms. CASB, uh, Cloud Access Security Broker. CSPM, Cloud Security Posture Management. SSPM, SAS Security Posture Management, CWPP, 
cloud workload protection platforms, container and Kubernetes security, CNAP, cloud-native application protection platforms in SIEM, I guess that's what I'm calling it, C-I-E-M, Cloud Infrastructure Entitlement Management. Uh, before we get into these, a um, couple things that just jump out to me. I remember I was at a, uh, I, actually it was at a Gartner conference, a security Gartner conference. might have been the Identity Conference. I'm not 100% sure what it was, but I think it was a Gartner security conference. And I was there. I was the in my uh, chief security officer role at Rapid7. And I remember folks asking questions like, what do you think about? And all of a sudden, these acronyms that start with the letter C started floating out of people's mouths in the hallway and then at social hours afterwards. Like, what do you think about CWPP? And what are you thinking about CSPM? And I'm like, I have no idea what any of this is. So um, that is the, that was the reality. I said, I, I don't, these are all new things to me. And out of nowhere, the world of uh, the, all of this C acronyms just exploded onto the scene. That was... I'm going to say it was 2019, right? It was pre, pre-COVID. I was traveling. It was either 2018 or 2019 that these acronyms with the letter C got kind of uh, infused into my brain. Um, so I'm going to read something here that also comes from Rapid7 about workloads uh, before we move on from this slide. So workloads. Moving workloads to the cloud presents new risks for organizations. Typically, Public clouds provide basic protections and are mainly focused on securing the overall computing environments. This can leave workloads vulnerable. Because of this, deployed cloud environments are at risk of not only account compromises and data breaches, but also resource exploitation due to misconfigurations, lack of visibility, or user error. That gives us a little intro to... Uh, what we're going to get into. And why do I say that? Because I have the word workload on screen and the word workloads mentioned here a little bit. So we'll dig more into it. Here's how, here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to bring up each category that I just mentioned we'll cover. We'll get a definition of what that category is. We'll learn some of the key capabilities and then we'll talk about some of the the solutions, the, the vendors, the products that are in this space. First up, we'll talk about CASB. I'll never quite forget the time, maybe the first time, that I was asked about CASB. I was, pre- I was presenting to a board of directors. Uh, yeah, I was presenting to a board of directors, and a slightly tech-savvy board member asks, Hey, what are you doing about CASB? Uh, see, this is the challenging part of being invited to present or speak at a board meeting. I never really know what questions or comments are going to come my way. Oftentimes the uh, questions come from a recent news article or some kind of uh, board Illuminati meeting or some sort. In this case, the pseudo-savvy person happened to hold a high-level position at a company that owned and sold to Casby, which I didn't even realize at the time. My internal voice said, WTF is a CASB. Why not use acronym and an acronym? Uh, And my outside voice said confidently, uh, we aren't looking at that yet. And it's not the top priority of our risks to address. Which was entirely accurate. But for some reason I felt uncomfortable saying out loud, what is a CASB? And not looking like the expert on literally everything cyber. So... Now I, now I will guide anyone I am mentoring that it is okay and even welcome to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll get back to you. <laughs> uh, but I still stick with my answer in that moment because it was truly accurate. 
Uh, sadly, I have experience in a previous role where my executive leader truly expected me to have 100% knowledge of literally everything going on in the cyber world. And I was not long for that role. And they asked for the impossible and my honesty didn't align with their expectations. I digress. Let's get back to CASB. Um, you can see the definition from Microsoft on this slide here. Uh, and we're going to dig into uh, the capabilities once we get past this. So Cloud Access Security Broker, or CASB, it's a security policy enforcement point positioned between enterprise users and cloud service providers. CASBs can combine multiple different security policies from authentication and credential mapping to encryption, malware, detection, and more, offering flexible enterprises solutions that help ensure cloud app security across authorized and unauthorized applications and managed and unmanaged devices. And if you see the visual on the screen here, I think it's nice. There's all your SaaS apps. And if you look at them like, oh, I use most of those, if not all of those. And then the CASB tool is kind of like in between the SaaS apps and you, the user, or your use users. And they do a, uh, a handful of capabilities. And we're going to get into those capabilities right now. So here are the key benefits of a CASB, uh, according to our friends at Microsoft. So CASBs offer a range of security benefits that allow enterprises to mitigate risk, enforce policies across various applications and services, and maintain regulatory compliance. And you see on the screen here, there are five key benefits. Shadow IT uh, assessment and management, granular cloud usage control, data loss prevention or DLP, risk visibility and threat prevention. And so let me just give an overview of what each of these are. For shadow IT and assessment management, CASBs deliver visibility into all cloud applications, sanctioned and unsanctioned. Enterprises can employ a CASB to obtain a comprehensive picture of cloud activity and enact security measures accordingly. So I like the idea of that, right? You know, as we are moving, as we were moving everything from our old data closets and our old data centers where we would have our servers and IT would house everything into someone else's data center, into someone else's computer or the cloud, we're losing that ability to just manage and monitor stuff. So, okay, so this is interesting. This is talking about shadow IT assessment and management. So the ability to see what's going on, uh, what, what, what are people connecting to in the enterprise. Second one here, granular cloud usage control. CASBs offer detailed management of cloud usage with strong analytics. Enterprises can limit or allow access based on employee status or location and can govern, govern specific activities, services, or applications. So granular cloud usage control. So it sounds like the ability to put fine-grained controls over who can get to what in the cloud. DLP. A CASB's DLP capabilities help security teams protect sensitive information like financial data, proprietary data, credit card numbers, health records, or social security numbers. A CASB's solution can enable policies that prevent unauthorized sharing of this data. So CASB has the basics of, of a data loss prevention tool, but focusing on cloud software. Risk visibility. CASB, CASBs allow enterprises to assess the risk of unsanctioned applications and make access decisions accordingly. Okay, so a risk tool, something to help you in your GRC 
journey, your risk journey. And then finally, threat prevention. CASBs detect unusual behavior across cloud applications, identifying ransomware, compromised users, and rogue applications. CASBs can analyze high-risk application use and automatically remediate threats, limiting an organization's risk. So there's what Microsoft says are the key benefits of a CASB. And the four major components of a CASB are visibility, data security, threat protection, and compliance. From a visibility perspective, and some of this will be a little bit of an overlap, but it's good to get a little bit of a deep dive here. From a visibility perspective, CASBs allow IT departments to identify all cloud services in use and assess subsequent risk factors. For enterprises grappling with shadow IT, CASBs offer a comprehensive understanding of all cloud-based applications employees are accessing. Risk assessments then provide information to shape IT's access policy, including more detailed controls based on specific employee and device criteria. Okay, that's the visibility side. Now, data security. Core component of a CASB system, data loss prevention, extends an enterprise secure an enterprise's security to all data traveling to, within, and stored in the cloud, reducing the risk of costly data leaks. A CASB protects both data itself as well as the data's movement. I've got some thoughts that I'm going to bring up to after I get through the last two of these four key components. The third one is threat protection. By aggregating and understanding typical usage patterns, CASBs can identify anomalous behavior and recognize malicious activities. Adaptive access control, malware mitigation, and other capabilities help protect the enterprise from third-party or internal threats. CASB threat protection defends against all modern threats, whether malicious or negligent. And then finally, compliance. CASBs help ensure compliance with data privacy and safety regulations and monitor compliance for enterprises requiring adherence to regulatory standards like HIPAA or PCI DSS. So that's cool. Nice. Uh, so thinking about a CASB, uh, if I think about it, it's probably going to be helpful in a few different areas. One, kind of the corporate security area, you know, where I, I'm effectively responsible for information security and cybersecurity for everywhere in the company. But really, if I'm thinking about how do I get visibility into the, it's saying cloud, but I'm thinking SaaS applications we use, right? If I go back a few slides, it showed a whole bunch of SaaS applications like Salesforce and Workday, etc. To be able to help get visibility and make some security determinations based off of that visibility. So I think that's going to help in the corporate security side who's working close with IT and IT leadership. I would think if, you know, from your area of responsibility, if you're reporting into, you know, product leadership versus maybe IT leadership, you may have a, it may take a little bit of explaining why a CASB is important uh, because it's, uh, from what I can tell and what I see, it helps focus around, again, the tools that IT will likely manage and, uh, and operate versus product security or application security. That's, that's like a first take, and I've seen that in reality. And then the second piece here is um, there's, there's uh, compliance benefits of this. So CASB specifically calls out in their key capabilities, helping out with your compliance program, uh, helping you adhere to regulatory areas and different controls. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee before we move on. 
All right. So now we're going to learn a little bit about who are the top players in the world of CASB. Who are the top CASB providers? And the view we have here comes from our friends at Tech Radar, who provided us a list of the top 10 CASB providers uh, as far as Tech Radar believes. First of all on the list is Palo Alto. Uh, so I'm going to read some of the info I grabbed from. Uh, from TechRadar. Palo Alto Networks, CASB, uh, takes advantage of machine learning to detect security issues. Uh, it provides companies with more application visibility as well as threat and content inspection. This solution automatically secures various SaaS apps such as collaboration apps, but also unsanctioned, tolerated, and sanctioned apps. Additionally, it provides real-time protection to sensitive data by using a DLP that utilizes the same ML algorithm. Second in the list is a company known as Perimeter81. Uh, if you know, you know. And if you don't know, let's learn a little bit. While not primarily a CASB provider, a cost-effective, full-fledged CASB is integrated into Perimeter81's SASE, which stands for Secure Access Security Edge, the Perimeter81's SASE model. This platform can help companies avoid cloud security risks, enforce security policies, meet compliance regulations, and audit cloud resource access. By deploying this framework, IT administrators can extend company security policies to their cloud service provider's architecture and safeguard it from unauthorized access. Third in the list is uh, Broadcom's Symantec Cloud SOC CASB. Officially from TechRadar, they call it Symantec. But guess what? Symantec is Broadcom now. Oh, so this product has a long name to it. CloudSock is a platform that provides centralized control, improved network visibility, and offers automated incident response through real-time processing and alerting. It also features high-accuracy data loss protection and automatically scans content and classifies data. Most importantly, it features automated ML-powered cloud activity intelligence that triggers policy resources and creates risk diagnoses that significantly free up IT resources. And I'm going to read one more, and then I'll stop, because I just wanted to get a taste. If you want to read more, you can go to TechRadar to read the, the, uh, all the details. Last one I'll read here, just an order, prior, uh, order of the list here, is the Cisco CloudLock CASB. This cloud-native software uses API to manage security risks in a company's cloud network and protects its users, apps, and sensitive data. Similar to other CASB solutions on the list, it also employs ML algorithms to find anomalies and identify risky network activities, along with the inclusion of an app firewall that controls connected apps. CloudLock's DLP constantly monitors the activity on the cloud to help safeguard data through custom policies. And other solutions that are listed in this list are Trellix, which used to be known as McAfee MVision Cloud. If you didn't know, McAfee is no longer McAfee. It is now Trellix. Uh, it was combined with another company last year, and the McAfee name has gone away along with John. Uh, the other top five lists, according to this Tech Radar post, is ForcePoint, the ForcePoint Casby. Next on the list is Microsoft, the Microsoft Defender for Cloud Apps. It's formerly known as Microsoft Cloud App Security. The name continues to change. Microsoft still trying to figure out their naming conventions. 
Next on the list is uh, Ford, uh, from Fortinet. It is the Fortigard Casby Service. Uh, if you have seen this before, you may have known it as Forta Casby. It used to be known as Forta Casby, but now it's now the Fortigard Casby Service. Followed by the Oracle Casby. Uh, I'm not sure what that was acquired by a few years ago. And then finally, Netscope Security Service Edge, or Netscope SSE, formerly known as Security Cloud. So that one's na name has changed as well. And if you go to the Tech Radar post, you can read all about all of these and learn a little bit more. Uh, from from my perspective, I am still relatively new to the CASB space other than having that one conversation years ago. We'll find some interesting overlaps as we get into the other product categories, which I find in itself extremely interesting of the overlaps that we will see uh, as we get into them. So that, my friends, is CASB. We're going to get into the next one in just a moment. And I think we're going to be running long today, and I'm fine with that. If any friends have, are joining uh, in the live stream, you are more than welcome to throw a question or comment into the chat. Feel free to do an AMA or throw any comments in, and I will take breaks from time to time to, uh, to address those. Moving on, we're going to get into Cloud Security Posture Management, CSPM. I have a kind of neat story about CSPM while you see well, before I get into it. Uh, it was uh, 2018 or 2019. I'm going to say 19. Uh, I was at the AWS Reinforce Conference in Boston, Massachusetts. Not their reInvent, which is the whole conference around all things AWS, but they just launched Reinforce, which was their security-focused conference, and. I was walking through the vendor floor and I stumbled on a company by the name of Divi Cloud. And I said, oh, what do you guys do? And uh, their founders were there and they kind of walked me through the solution. And their solution was a CSPM. I then said, wow, this looks really interesting. It's not the exact thing that I'm looking for, but it's actually something that um, I would be very interested in because my team has basically been building their own homegrown custom solution to do this thing that you're talking about. So I went back to my leadership of where I worked, which was a company called Rapid7, and I said, hey, heads up, I think I might be interested in bringing this tool in-house and using it, freeing up my product security and my security engineering team from having to build and maintain their own solution that does this type of thing. I think I might be bringing this tool in. Fast forward about a year, Rapid7 acquired the company Divi Cloud integrated into their platform. It's now known as Insight CloudSec. I think that's kind of cool. Now, what is CSPM? Let me read you the definition from Gartner. Cloud security posture management consists of offerings that continuously manage IAAS and PAAS, infrastructure as a service and platform as a service, security posture through prevention, detection, and response to cloud infrastructure risks. The core of CSPM applies common frameworks, regulatory requirements, and enterprise policies to proactively and reactively discover and assess risk, trust of cloud services configuration, and security settings. If an issue is identified, remediation options, automated or human-driven, are provided. Okay. And so that's why I thought this was interesting. 
because my team was building solutions that did some of this stuff. And I said, oh, it'd be nice to have a tool where um, that could help us here. We were a shop that was using a lot of AWS at the time. So let me bring up some of the key benefits and capabilities here. Um, I grabbed this from uh, from a couple different sources here. Uh, some of this is from NetAdmin Tools. Um, so a couple things to keep in mind. Choosing the best CSPM tool for your organization is a critical decision. Uh, the right tool can help you automate security processes, streamline operations, and reduce costs. Uh, and here we'll talk about the uh, the different features and capabilities of it. So CSPM tools perform continuous monitoring and include some of the, adva the advanced features that enable automatic detection and configuration mistakes without any delay or human intervention. And here's a list of benefits and capabilities of a CSPM. There's a lot of them. So I'm going to just read through them and then we'll move move through more more details after this. First up, Automates identification and remediation of misconfiguration issues in the cloud. I think this is huge and critical. As, as folks, the, the easy old story was uh, your S3 buckets are public, dude. They weren't supposed to be. They contain very sensitive information. Why are your S3 buckets public? And it's because somebody just checked the wrong box or did not check the right box is the old story. Uh, great. Ex I mean, to me, it's the most easiest example and, and it proliferates through all the different capabilities of, of cloud infrastructure, cloud platforms. Uh, the second key benefit capability here is it uses best practices to detect cloud configurations and other issues. Third, maintains consistent enforcement across all cloud environments. Uh, next, offers policy visibility, uh, instance scanning for misconfigurations, conducts risk assessments, Storage bucket monitoring. I just mentioned something about that up above. Mapping of configuration statuses to security control framework. Compatible with hybrid and multi-cloud environments. Ah, so if you are AWS, but maybe have some Azure, or maybe you're doing a little bit of GCP, it's kind of tough to do monitoring and security across all those environments. Why not have a tool that hits all of them? And, and tools that go wider than those. Those are just the three big ones, but you might be using something else. Automates remediation of risk across all cloud infrastructures, including SaaS, IaaS, and PaaS, P-A-A-S, I-A-A-S, S-A-A-S platforms. Monitors encryption and account permissions. Uh, I love that because thinking about identity, manage the, identity management in the cloud is brutal. It's, you know, identity is the new perimeter. And historically, you know, going way back when, as long as you had your active directory, uh, secured and managed, you kind of had all the things under control and that is not the world we live in anymore. So hearing that a CSPM can help um, account permissions is fantastic as well as encryption. Conducts analysis over data resources in different environments, Products, pr provides real-time visibility. I feel like we just will continue to see this as real-time monitoring, real-time visibility, real-time response. Generates audit-ready reports for analysis. Oh, another compliance capability. Hmm, we just heard that in CASB. Provides protection against threats. Delivers quality insights into potential compliance risks. Oh, compliance. CSPM tools also... Uh, sorry, C CSPM tools allow monitoring the creation of new instances, which I think is also fantastic. As I know, my engineers love to spin up new instances, to do some testing, to do some development... Or maybe I have a solution that grows 
based off of usage. Maybe there's the ability to automatically spin up new instances because our cloud platform is being used by more of our customers at once and we have the ability to spin up more instances to deal with that bandwidth issue. I'd love for my CSPM to be able to keep an eye on those new instances that spin up and then shut off as those instances go away. Those are the key benefits and capabilities of a CSPM. Uh, so why do you need a CSPM? So here's some things to think about. I'm going to read through some of this, talk a little bit about it. Misconfigurations in the cloud are common, but with the help of a CSPM, one can secure the cloud environment and reduce the risk of data breaches. A cloud connects with multiple networks on a daily basis. It increases the risk of cyber attacks. Thus, to protect and secure cloud-based systems, investing in CSPM tools is the right thing to do. The security tools provide unified visibility across multi-cloud environments, which helps prevent the data from accidental vulnerabilities and misconfigurations. Also, the administrators can monitor, scan, and assess the environment on a continuous basis and uncover hidden threats. Further, it helps reduce alert fatigue, like false positives, using uh, because it's using AI. Well, good to know. And I agree with this as, as a user of a CSPM. So like we did in the CASB category, let's do this in the CSPM category and find out who are the players in this space. These are not the players I identified. I grabbed these players from NetAdmin Tools. And uh, let's look at the top CSPM providers according to NetAdmin Tools. And I'm going to give some comment as we go. First is PingSafe. This cloud-native application protection platform implements both CSPM and cloud workload protection platform through a vulnerability manager, infrastructure as a code, and content disarm, and reconstruction, and other services on the platform access. Oh, so that's interesting. This one's mentioning a whole bunch of acronyms, some we haven't covered yet. So I can see why that's the editor's choice. It does lots of things in one. Uh, number two is CrowdStrike Falcon Horizon. So you might be familiar with CrowdStrike Falcon, the endpoint security tool, but CrowdStrike Falcon Horizon is their CSPM. I have used this tool. This CSPM provides system security assessments for resources hosted on AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud Platform. I will give you a little commentary on this. What's great about this is if you are using CrowdStrike as your EDR, your endpoint security tool, um, Horizon is in the same UI. So you just click a different button to get to the Horizon view and you get a you get the view of their CSPM uh, capabilities. So if you like the look of the CrowdStrike Falcon dashboard, then you're probably going to be fine liking uh, and using Horizon. If you're already uh, a, a, a CrowdStrike Falcon EDR customer, uh, you'll probably become a Horizon customer without spending a whole lot extra because it's an add-on capability. As, as you know, I think CrowdStrike saying, hey, how do we land and expand our customers? Oh, well, let's give them more capability. Very common with CrowdStrike, by the way. Moving on, third is Datadog Cloud Security Posture Management. This service continuously scans cloud assets for security weaknesses and produces compliance auditing. My comment on this, I have not used the Datadog tool, but I think it's brilliant that Datadog, a tool that's really focused around the, the DevOps user, the DevOps buyer, is buying their way and building their way into the security space. 
I think Datadog has the opportunity to eat this market alive, not just this one category, but a whole lot of it, a whole lot of the cloud security market. They have the opportunity. And us security folks should be happy about this. Why? Engineers and Dev- DevOps engineers and, and, um, and SRE folks are in many cases loving Datadog as, as a tool to help them run their business. And we know in the security space that it's sometimes difficult to get people outside of the security team to be excited about security solutions. So when you have a, a company like Datadog that was not security first, uh, but got into the security space, this is great news because you already have an advocate in your DevOps and your SRE folks uh, who are possibly using this tool. Pretty great. Next is Checkpoint Cloud Guard, uh, a package that combines CSPM and workload protection and is suitable for development as well as live system monitoring. Followed by Trend Micro Cloud One, protects on-site systems plus cloud resources hosted on AWS, GCP, and Azure. Next is BMC Helix Cloud Security. This SaaS package scans cloud assets for security weaknesses, fixes them, and documents everything for compliance reporting. Followed by Lacework, this cloud platform extends its security assessments of cloud resources to access rights management and also provides risk prioritization. And Lacework does lots of things. We'll probably see their name again today. Followed by ThreatStack's cloud security platform. With this platform of security systems, you'll get ongoing security monitoring as well as vulnerability assessments. And then we will wrap up with Palo Alto's Prisma Cloud. The service focuses on cloud storage systems and the access permissions operating on them, plus it provides compliance logging. And I'm going to add a little bit to this. These are the top nine providers that netadmintools.com listed out when I went searching. Um, This is who they decided to put in their list, with PingSafe being their top choice. Uh, I have used the Rapid7 tool, Insight CloudSec, formerly known as Divi Cloud, did great work for us from a CSPM perspective. Very happy with it. Really met my needs. Um, I have used CrowdStrike Falcon Horizon. Great tool. Uh, met my needs. I, I We actually almost got rid of it, but one of my uh, folks on my team actually found value in it, and we we kept it. We, we had it for a year. We were actually about to end the license, and some said, actually, I find value in it. I'm going to keep it. Uh, I feel like it, in many cases... CrowdStrike Falcon Horizon depends on your use of the Falcon tool, um, the CrowdStrike tool. Uh, Other tools that I have seen and used, I've used Wiz, W-I-Z. We'll we'll see them later on, so I won't talk too much about them. Aqua Security, I have used the Aqua Security tool, which they're not a CSPM first. It was a second capability to Aqua Security, so maybe that's why they didn't make this list. But they have a CSPM tool that... Uh, helps with the monitoring as well. So just given some commentary of things I've used, I've used several CSPMs, and there's there's a bunch more to use. I have used Lacework in a um, proof of concept, but did not deploy it. Moving on. The next category we are going to get into is something known as SSPM, or SAS Security Posture Management. And from a from the definition perspective, I grabbed this from softwaretestinghelp.com. I went all over the internet to find interesting takes on some of these solutions. And so here's what I got from softwaretestinghelp.com. SaaS security posture management services provide a platform that can dramatically reduce the likelihood of data leakage and unauthorized access to a company's SaaS applications. 
SSPM tools have security and automation functions that provide visibility and help with managing the security posture of SaaS environments. It performs with SaaS environments. Sorry, I didn't pause at the end of the sentence. It performs continuous monitoring and or of the organization's SaaS apps. An SSPM tool identifies gaps in stated security controls and actual security posture overall the company uh, overall the company's SaaS applications. It provides several benefits, including automated remediation of misconfiguration and compliance with common standards like CIS, SOC2, PCI, etc. If you have any questions on what those acronyms mean, shout it out because maybe I'll do a whole session on those at some point, but happy to get into it. Um, I have thoughts on SSPM before we dig into the details here. So we just did CSPM. Now we're at SSPM. A very glaring difference between CSPM and SSPM, if, if you don't see it already. CSPM works with your cloud providers, AWS, GCP, Google Cloud Platform, and Azure, and others. Um SSPM works with your cloud, the cloud software you license, such as Salesforce, Workday, Okta. We can continue going down lists, uh, but that's kind of the idea of it. So the SaaS software that your organization is using is where SSPM comes into play. And there's similarities to CSPM and SSPM, but I think that's a big glaring difference. You're, you're Cloud platforms, your cloud infrastructure uses leverages CSPM, and the apps you use uh, will leverage SSPM. Nice basic difference. We may get to a point where, we're like, wait a second, SSPM and CASB. Wait a second, I'm I'm a little confused here. Let's see if we can try to figure that out by learning a little bit more about SSPM. So, why is SSPM so important? The significance of SSPM. I'm going to read a couple things here. According to CrowdStrike research, 95% of all security breaches happen because of misconfiguration, and this could cost companies around $5 trillion or more. I think we started talking about this earlier. Risks to cloud security can be intentional or unintentional. Most security tools focus on intentional risks or attacks. Unintentional risks include leaving sensitive data exposed to the public. Obsidian Security Research says that at least 99% of cloud security failures happen due to the customer's fault. SaaS security posture management helps with the convergence of security functions and provides visibility of the security of the environment. SaaS applications have a lot of configurations, such as controlling whether files are to be shared broadly in G Suite or permission to record the video calls of Zoom, etc. Users cannot rely on default settings. Comprehensive SaaS security should have posture management with continuous visibility, activity monitoring, threat detection, and breach protections. Securing the cloud is a shared responsibility of the cloud provider and its customers. Ensuring proper configuration should be part of your SaaS security, but it should not be alone sufficient. Every application has its own set of configurations, which makes it difficult to keep track of the impact of configuration settings of every app 
on the company's security posture. Getting familiarized with the location for managing each SaaS configuration takes time for the security and IT operations teams. SSPM tools provide visibility into the configurations of all SaaS applications on a single platform. It gives insights into the configurations of the native SaaS security settings. It also provides suggestions to improve the configurations and reduce the risk. Some tools also offer functionalities in comparison with industry frameworks, automatic adjustments, and reconfiguration. Thank you for that very helpful definition of SSPM and why it is so important. Here's some key considerations for SSPM. I've got four of them here for us to ponder. The first is cybersecurity solutions. This is, this is things you want to consider when you're choosing a SaaS security provider. <clears throat> security solutions cannot be the same for all. One size fits all doesn't work for cybersecurity tools. Hence, SaaS security solutions should be able to provide company-based customizations. The second consideration when you're looking at a SSPM, it should be managed in one centralized platform as it allows a company to deploy custom rules according to the unique circumstances of business and business logic. I would say think about this for your cloud security solutions as a whole. Maybe your cybersecurity solutions as a whole. I know folks like to get the best of breed, which sometimes means you have so many tools that are sprawled all over your team that some get forgotten about. The third bullet here is uh, focus on speed and performance. Uh, another important factor that affects the selection is that the speed and performance of the website of your business, you know, your web application, your network, and your system should not be affected by the security solution. I know that was an issue years ago with early web application firewalls. Uh, where operations teams were scared of them because uh, the applications were slowing down with the WAF in front of them. And basically security solutions ruining the user experience. All right, final consideration here. You also need to consider factors like incident management and disaster recovery and network and perimeter network control. Things to think about when you're looking at a CSPM. You might want to put those in your requirements list to see uh, what the solutions look like. Here's some of the key functionalities you would expect to see in an SSPM. Just four things. Visibility, policies, alerts, and remediation. First up, visibility. You want visibility of the security posture of, you, of leading SaaS applications. Right? If you, if you think about it, I, uh, our organization uses Salesforce. Our organization uses Workday. Our organization uses Okta or Azure AD or G Suite, uh, we can just continue on. Um, I want to be able to have the visibility of the security posture of, of all the leading tools that we use and be great to see that um, my SSPM is building capabilities for maybe the kind of second tier tools that we're using too. I want visibility in everything. That's what I want. The second key functionality is policies to detect potentially risky settings and assess risk by comparing against best practice and industry standards. So visibility is one. Be nice to just see your 
security posture of all your apps, of all your SaaS apps in one place. But to have some policies in place, basically your SSPM tool knows not only how to connect to your SaaS tools, but also they put some time into creating policies for saying, you know, what level of assurance do you want to harden this application, low, medium, or high? High assurance probably means you're going to lose some functionality of the application uh, for the flip of having a more secure environment. Some companies want that. Others are going to say, well, we're a high-risk company because we're in high-growth mode. Um, we're more focused about getting things out to market and maybe a little less focused on security. You know, there's a low policy setting. And maybe there's that middle ground. Uh, the, having that ability right in there where you can choose from different levels of, of risk um, risk policies, very helpful. Third bullet here is alerts for misconfigurations and failed controls according to rules and policies. Notify your SOC folks or your IT security folks that uh, you, you've got a cloud app that is uh, at high risk. Finally, remediation. Workflows and recommendations for guided remediation to resolve security risks. Right? Do you have a tool that actually can do some automated remediation for you and uh, fix uh, insecure uh, settings and configurations. Those are some key functionalities in SSPM. Similar to CSPM, by the way. We might see some overlaps here. As we do with each of these categories, we want to talk about some of the top providers in this space. Not only do we want, want to talk about what they do and what the capabilities are and what to look for, but I want to help short-circuit some of your research as well into who is in this space so thanks to our friends at softwaretestinghelp.com, uh, they helped gather some information of the top, who they believe are the top SSPM providers in this space. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit about some of them before we take our next break. First up is Cynet, C-Y-N-E-T, the Cynet SAS security posture management uh, that continuously monitors SAS applications to identify misconfigurations and security gaps. Solution also provides recommended remediation actions and the ability to correct issues in a single click. And here's a handful of features that are built into Cynet's SSPM. Cynet provides multi-layered protection for malware, ransomware, fileless attacks, and exploits across the environment. Uh, it protects against scanning attacks, data exfiltration, lateral movement, etc. It has features of triggering an automated investigation flow for each identified threat, and Signet SSPM continuously monitors all your SaaS security controls and provides one-click remediation from a single pane of glass. Keep in mind, this is basically the one-pager marketing story. So do your own research, but now you know a little bit about Signet. Number two on the, this list is Zscaler. Uh, Zscaler provides cybersecurity options, or cybersecurity solutions, right? They do a bunch of different cybersecurity solutions has the capabilities of continuous app connector, connector monitoring and health monitoring of all apps. It can securely connect with any user device or app over any network. Zscaler offers cloud security posture management, workload segmentation, and secure app-to-app -app connectivity with its cloud protection solution. And here's a little bit about the features that are in Zscaler's solution. Zscaler Workload Posture can identify, prioritize, recommend, and remediate misconfigurations and improper permissions in your cloud environment. Through Zscaler Private Access, it provides the facility of accessing the cloud application without getting exposed to the internet. 
Zscaler Cloud Connector provides secure cloud-to-internet connections, secure cloud-to-cloud connections, and secure cloud-to-data center connections. And then finally, with the help of workload segmentation, you can identify risk, apply segmentation, and update policies automatically, and that too without changing any network. So there's the little one-pager of Zscaler. We're going to get into something by Adaptive Shield. Uh, Adaptive Shield is a SaaS security posture management platform that pro proactively finds and fixes weaknesses across SaaS platforms. It performs continuous monitoring of all SaaS apps and can detect misconfigurations, incorrect permissions, etc. Some of the features of Adaptive Shield are Adaptive Shield immediately sends detailed alerts as soon as it finds the first sign of a glitch. Uh, it has a powerful query engine that makes the platform capable of analyzing every user across all SaaS platforms. It helps you with managing SaaS security controls like privacy controls, secure baselines, auditing, spam protection, password management, etc. in one place. It functions in the background and is a non-instructive platform. Non-instructive? I feel like that should say non-intrusive. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just reading what they had in their uh, in their copy here. And then finally, it performs continuous monitoring of all your SaaS to ensure it will remain completely secure. I haven't used Adaptive Shield before, but I'm reading this. Sounds interesting to me. It also reminds me of some of the capabilities that I have seen firsthand in the Lacework platform. So just making a mental note. Hmm, maybe I want to look at Lacework if I'm looking at Adaptive Shield. I think they might have uh, some similarities, maybe, based on what I'm what I'm seeing here. Uh, moving on is App Omni. App Omni SaaS security management platform is for centralized visibility, data access management, and security controls. It gets seamlessly integrated into your SaaS environment and provides security for your sensitive data. And here's some of the features of App Omni. Uh, App Omni protects data access exploration and provides exposure prevention. It provides proactive monitoring of hunting of security posture and data access issues. It audits and monitors the sensitive configuration and administrative actions. It helps you with the automatic enforcement of critical SaaS security controls, and it provides detailed compliance reports. And as I will give a uh, a little thought on App Omni. Um, I, I know the founders of the company. I've worked with the founders of the company. Uh, so the the folks that started App Omni a few years ago, one was formerly a leader of uh, Salesforce Security, and brought over some other colleagues from uh, Salesforce Security to uh, build out App Omni, uh, and also some a great security engineering from the uh, Mitre organization, the Mitre uh, company, who I, I also worked with years ago. So great folks at App Omni that I uh, speak very highly of uh, in the security engineering and security leadership space who have, in many cases, had to figure out how to solve problems and then realize, hey, wait a second, maybe we can help solve us by this. I know many folks who are actually using the App Omni solution in their environment uh, to help with their SSPM challenges. And one of the things that's not listed in App Omni here is uh, App Omni was started by folks who had a deep understanding of the Salesforce.com platform and started to build primarily around that focus and then grew it to other SaaS solutions. So, if you are uh, looking to f if if 
Salesforce security is one of your major concerns and you're trying to figure out how to get better visibility around Salesforce security. I do believe most of these tools, if not all, are going to be able to help solve that answer. But I would say definitely take a peek at App Omni because that is definitely a starting point for them and they've grown from there. The final solution on this list here is Obsidian Security. And uh, Obsidian is best for protecting business critical applications by mitigating threats and reducing risks. And it's a, it's a comprehensive SaaS security solution um, that foc focuses around a few things. A few features of Obsidian Security include Obsidian Security provides a solution to mitigate threats, account compromise, detection and response, etc., it gives visibility of the exact impact of potential changes of your environment, and it has features for various use cases such as configuration and compliance and access and privilege right sizing. Uh, I'll, I'll speak to Obsidian because I have used the Obsidian uh, tool. So I know Obsidian, I believe, has partnered with CrowdStrike. They're not one company, but I do think they work well together. Well, I shouldn't say they work. Don't think of them as one tool. They're different tools. I just do think the two companies have a, have a, a nice relationship. When I say when I say this, um, the Obsidian tool I've seen it in use to help monitor and uh, and help correct problems in the Azure environments, and to be you know quite helpful to provide good information, good guidance, and good threat intelligence when uh, when dealing with risks uh, to securing the Azure uh, environment. Nice tool, good good UI. Um, I found it really easy to use the Obsidian security tool. Uh, and I found it very valuable to be able to create a report to say, hey, we've got these misconfigurations. These are the ones that are high risk. And then the Obsidian tool not only hi highlights a risk, but also highlights the solution of how to solve those. Uh, I, I think Obsidian is probably one of the younger tools in this category, um, but definitely has a, a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of runway ahead of it there. So those are those are a handful of SSPM tools that were brought to us by softwaretestinghelp.com. Uh, very useful. Before I move on to the next area, I'm going to take a short break to have a sip of coffee and we can listen to a little bit of music in the background and then we will queue up our next area. Today I'm enjoying a dark roast from Dunkin Donuts. I think it is called Toffee. I think it was Toffee Love Dark Roast by Dunkin Donuts. I'm a bit of a hmm, I was a I was a coffee snob, I would say through all of lockdown and COVID, having um high quality beans delivered to the house and then and then got out of COVID and started going back to the grocery store and then I became very frugal always looking at what was on sale on the shelf and only buying what was on sale Dunkin Donuts coffee is, is believe it or not not the cheapest coffee on the shelf at the grocery store I like to buy my beans and bring them home and grind them so I always keep an eye out for when Dunks goes on sale and then I'll get a couple bags of it today we're drinking Toffee Love Dark Roast by Dunks. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of it. Out of my Beatles apple mug. All right. So we've gone through a few categories thus far. We are going to continue on this journey. And like I said, this would be a pretty extensive show today. I'll probably break this up into smaller shows and share publicly for folks who are looking at a certain category. 
I wish I had something like this when I first started on my journey of trying to figure out my cloud security solutions, which solutions to go with. So hope you find some use out of today. We just finished up with SSPM. And now we are moving into a category known as CWPP, Cloud Workload Protection Platforms. There's a lot of P's in there, so I'll try not to blow up the microphone when I say the letter P, <laughs> trying to take it carefully. Uh, I'm going to read some things here from friends that I found data from. I'm going to start with skyhighsecurity.com. I do believe they are a product provider in this space, so take, take, take this knowing that information. Cloud Workload Protection Platform, or CWPP, is defined by Gartner as a workload-centric security solution that targets the unique protection requirements of workloads in modern enterprise environments. Workloads in modern environments have evolved to include physical servers, virtual machines, containers, and serverless workloads. I like reading that, that paragraph because it mentions how it's a defined by Gartner. And I remember when I was at the Gartner Security Conference in 2019 and, and I heard people walking through the hallways or asking me questions because at that time I was a chief security officer of Rapid7 of my thoughts on CWPP and other acronyms that started with the letter C. And I thought to myself, I have no idea what you're talking about because <laughs> the categories were basically brand new and they were like the, that was the darling and the, the acronyms that started with the letter C in 2019 uh, at the Gartner conferences. Um, I have since learned a little bit more about it, but at that moment I was like, I, I didn't get to go to the talks. I was off doing different meetings, so I'll have to go home and learn. I'm going to read a little bit more from the description here. These workloads provide the underlying computing, transport, and storage of the data that deliver application functionality and have evolved. You'll see a little visual that we have on the screen here. You know, they're shrinking with focus on a smaller, more specific task that lends itself to the overall application. These workloads often reside in on-premise, in co-location type environments like third-party data centers or in the public cloud. Finally, depending on its type and the application it supports, a workload may be persistent or non-persistent. While a server is expected to be in place and functioning for years, VMs may be spun up on a monthly or weekly basis and containers may only be used one time and discarded. The ability to apply protection to ever-shrinking workloads that may be on-premise or in the cloud or may or may not persist in the environment means that the very nature of the techniques and solutions to secure them have to change. As a result, CWPP has evolved to be distinct from endpoint protection platforms. It is specifically focused on the protection of workloads regardless of type or location. A well-architected CWPP solution will also work seamlessly with a CSPM solution. And we talked about CSPM earlier. And if you're just watching this one segment, go find the 
section where we covered CSPM. I grabbed the definition of CWPP from Wikipedia. Yes, there is a Wikipedia entry on CWPP. And this is what Wikipedia has. Cloud Workload Protection Platform is a cloud security software aimed at securing computer machines, possibly virtual. CWPPs are usually agent-based, meaning that a software agent is running permanently within the machine that to be protected, collecting security-relevant data and events and sending those to a cloud-based service. The cloud-based service monitors all the machines under its supervision, derives alerts, and notifies users about corresponding potential threats. I thought it was important to read that definition because it helped give me a little bit more color that I didn't get from the initial um, definition that I read. And I'm taking my time on CWPP. This one took me a while to really get into. And once I got into it, I started to realize how important this is to me, how this is important to my friends out in industry, and how important it might be to all of you listening in, watching along. And you may realize I don't have this and now I know why I need this. So I'm going to read one more description that I grabbed from Gartner here and then we're going to dig into the details of CWPP. Gartner asks the question, what are cloud workload protection platforms? And what Gartner says is, CWPPs are workload-centric security products that protect server workloads in hybrid, multi-cloud data center environments. CWPPs provide consistent visibility and controls for physical machines, virtual machines, containers, and serverless workloads regardless of location. CWPP offerings protect workloads using a combination of system integrity protection, application control, behavioral monitoring, intrusion prevention, and optional anti-malware protection at runtime. CWPP offerings should also include scanning for workload risk proactively in the development pipeline. And yes, I just read a crap load of different definitions of CWPP because this is how I learned about CWPP. I read one, I was like, I kind of get it, I kind of don't get it. Early in my career, I was a software developer, but if I'm being completely honest, when I started software development, I was using Lotus Notes. <laughs> when I took classes on software development, I was using Visual Basic 6. Uh, I was learning Java, and for years, I was a J2EE web application developer who was the cool kid on the block who learned some JavaScript so I could do some front-end development. But this new world of containers and Kubernetes and hypervisors and... It was an area that I really needed to spend a lot of time because I didn't quite even understand the technical side. Forget about how do I secure this? So I had to learn a lot about CWPP to think about how do I go talk to my engineers about this? How do I become technical enough to be able to hang with those who are building in the Kubernetes space, in the serverless space? That's why I'm taking quite some time on CWPP today. And we are now going to get a little bit more into CWPP. First of all, as we move into this next space, why, why, oh, why is CWPP important? You can look at things on the screen. I'm going to read some things here that I thought were very important to us. The transformation from legacy 
to cloud-native applications isn't automatic. Organizations can't copy and paste to the cloud an application that is currently on-premise. Though I see a lot of people do it, they shouldn't, and they really can't. Here are four reasons why cloud workload protection platform is important. First, most companies have legacy applications and infrastructure that prevent a complete movement of functionality to the cloud. Maybe you're at a software company yourself and you see folk, you know, your, your company has an on-prem product and they're saying, hey, we want to move it to the cloud because that's where all the cool kids are moving their software. And like, well, we can't actually move a lot of the capabilities of this product to the cloud because it relies on physical servers or physical desktops or something. That's one. That's one big part of this. Number two, most organizations are deliberately using multiple cloud vendors depending on their specific needs. As a result, most enterprises by circumstance or design are working in a hybrid multi-cloud environment. This makes it difficult for security professionals to know, see, and manage where applications and data are in a fragmented environment. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. You talk to people and you say, yeah, yeah, we're an AWS shop. Yeah, all of our developments in AWS. And then somehow, somewhere, you find out, wait, what? We're using GCP? Wait, when did we start using GCP? Who, who said that was okay? And come to find out, they're using GCP. Maybe someone in engineering said, hey, uh, I'm worried about AWS because uh, the DevOps leadership was telling us how expensive our AWS bill was. And someone said, hey, I think our, we could reduce our cost, reduce our spend if we move things over to GCP. And then someone said, well, hey, let's, let's start a small project on GCP and see, um, you know, can we, can we actually run on GCP? Can we rebuild one of our products on GCP and run it there? Maybe saving money or maybe having a little bit more of a competitive advantage when AWS decides, when Amazon decides to raise their prices. I've had this experience in several organizations that I've worked with, and I have a feeling that some of our listeners had this experience as well. The third bullet around why CWPP is important. Today, application developers grab code from a variety of places like GitHub, leverage workloads to create an application and publish it directly to their target audience of consumers. This approach is called development operations. DevOps, uh, and is a cycle of continuous innovation and continuous development. CICD. I'm I'm reading this definition. I'm like I don't. That's it. It's listed as continuous innovation and continuous development in this thing that I'm reading right now. But I I thought it was continuous integration, continuous deployment. I hold on. CICD has two definitions. In this copy that I grabbed here, it says CICD is continuous innovation and continuous development. But I've known a CICD is continuous integration and continuous deployment. WTF is CICD. Moving on. Hold on. Let me, let me, re <laughs> let me read the sentence again. Uh, the, this approach is called DevOps and is a cycle of CICD where they can quickly respond to customers and improve the response and experience for their customers and partners in days or weeks. Okay. I belabored that one already. And the fourth item of why CWPP is so important. 
The trade-off of process for speed and the constant improvement of applications means that security is no longer a strict gate for application production. Security professionals can apply controls at application runtime as they used to be able to do. The risk to data and applications due to the changing nature of workloads, lack of visibility and control, and the rise of the always-on DevOps environment makes CWPP an important security solution in the modern enterprise. My comments on this, I saw something on LinkedIn literally this morning of a CEO talking about the value of speed over, I think it was precision, think of like speed over quality and the metrics that he demonstrated and showed was speed wins you will be more productive if you if you move things fast and make mistakes versus focus on perfection and the argument was move fast you will get over over time you will uh, have more uh, you will deliver more basically and so that's the world we live in. And for us as security professionals, you know, generally, we want people to slow down and secure before they move forward. But the world is moving at delivering speed, delivering at speed. And so we can't slow that down. I mean, we can, but we will be a derailer. And folks in tech leadership roles will continue to see us as kind of this, this constant, uh, constant pain. You know, the office of no. So... How do we help our engineer friends continue on this path of speed while we're trying to help protect them and protect data? It's a challenge. Um, supposedly, CWPP is going to help us here. So how does CWPP work? How does cloud workload protection platforms work? So a comprehensive CWPP solution should give you the ability to discover workloads that have been deployed in your on-premise and public cloud environments. You should be able to add the ability to, to manage any unmanaged workloads you discover. From a security perspective, you should be able to do a vulnerability assessment of a workload by comparing it to a relevant set of policies. Based on the outcome of the vulnerability assessment, you should be able to apply security such as integrity protection, immutability or allow listing, memory protection, and host-based intrusion prevention. Note that from a pure security perspective, anti-malware protection is less critical. Anti-malware may be tightly coupled to the regulations that govern your industry, however, that it may be required. There are several other considerations. And we have a little visual on the screen here. Okay, so now we know a little bit more about how CWPP works. Let's talk about some of the key benefits of CWPP. Cloud Workload Protection Platform provides a solution for addressing the unique aspects of zero trust security for cloud workloads. This includes five areas, workloads, security constraints, hybrid environments, multi-cloud environments, and discoverability and visibility. First, workloads. Servers, VMs, container and serverless, on-premise or in the cloud, persistent and non-persistent, right? Key benefits. Second one, security constraints. At runtime or in the development process. Hybrid environments is the third. 
movement from on-prem to the cloud as people are doing their digital transformation journey of moving from on-prem to the cloud. Multi-cloud environments. Enterprises use use of more than one cloud service provider. We talked about that a little while ago. And then finally, discoverability and visibility. Being able to find and manage workloads in a hybrid multi-cloud environment. So key benefits. Let's find out who some of the players are in this space. Grabbed some of this info from our friends at Gartner and Silax, as well as a couple other places. Uh, if, you, if you're looking at my screen here, if you're on the webcast, you'll see I have a little visual in the top right of the screen, which is this insane chart from, uh, from G2. I believe this one came from G2.com, which just shows this space, which I think of as a relatively young space, uh, maybe I'm wrong, is already just overloaded with players in this space. So I'm going to talk about some of the players who are in this space. We won't go through all of them because there's a lot. Uh, but I will start off with Wiz, who showed up as the top player in this list. I'm not sure if this is the official order. I will say this. Well, let me read about Wiz, Wiz first. This is actually Wiz, this is copy from Wiz specifically. So as I read this, it'll make more sense knowing that it came from the voice of Wiz Marketing. We're on a mission to help organizations effectively reduce risks in their cloud and Kubernetes environments. Purpose-built for the unique complexities of multi-environment, multi-workload, or multi-protect cloud estates, Wiz automatically correlates the risk, the critical risk factors to deliver actionable insights that don't waste time. Wiz connects in minutes using a 100% API-based approach that scans both platform configurations and inside every workload. Our full security stack context surfaces the toxic combinations that show the attacker's view to a breach. Security and development teams use Wiz workflows to proactively remove risks and prevent them from becoming breaches. My commentary on Wiz. I have not used the Wiz platform yet, so just keep that in mind. My understanding is Wiz is the darling in the cloud security space right now, and possibly in the specifically the CWPP space. I hear of many organizations using Wiz as their solution. I'm not so sure what brings them to the top, but it, the chart that I even have on the screen here uh, has Wiz in the top rightmost quadrant of this chart. It's not a Gartner chart, but maybe uh, very similar. Uh, maybe it is a Gartner chart, actually. It has the letter G on it. Uh, so I've heard lots of folks from a CWPP perspective say Wiz is the place to go. Um, I haven't used it yet, so just keep that in mind. Uh, next up on the list is Lacework. We heard of them in one of our other categories. And let me read the copy here. Lacework defines the original and leading data-driven cloud-native application protection platform, CNAP. Lacework is trusted by nearly 1,000 global innovators to secure the cloud from build to run. Lacework empowers customers to prioritize risks, find known and unknown threats faster, achieve continuous cloud compliance, and develop secure code without slowing down. All from one unified platform. I've used Lacework in a POC, proof of concept, testing it out. Uh, I have friends who have deployed Lacework and swear by it, and it has lots of capabilities, and it seems like it's more than just a CWPP based off of their uh, copy here. There's many other players in the space. I'm going to read a couple more. 
and uh, have a couple more comments as we as we go. Um, next one up is Orca. Orca Security is uh, the cloud security innovation leader, according to Orca, by the way. This is or- Orca's words. Provides instant on security and compliance for AWS, Azure, GCP, and Kubernetes without the gaps in coverage, alert fatigue, and operational costs of agents or sidecars. Uh, give your team superpowers and simplify cloud security operations in a single CNAP platform for workload and data protection, cloud security posture management, vulnerability management, identities, and compliance management instead of disparate tools operating in silos. Orca Security builds a graph that encompasses all cloud assets, software, connectivity, and trust, then prioritizes risk based on the severity of the underlying security issue, it, its accessibility, and business impact. This eliminates thousands of meaningless security alerts and helps you focus on what matters most. So it sounds like Orca does a lot of things as well. I hear CNAP, which we haven't learned about yet, but maybe we will in one of our upcoming sessions. Um, And it sounds like it does some of the uh, CSPM capabilities and more. So very interesting. Uh, Other players in this space is Microsoft. We know Microsoft is in many of the cloud capability spaces. So the Microsoft Defender for Cloud is listed in here. And I'm not going to read the copy for all of these. If you would like to, you can go to uh, Gartner.com and look up cloud workload protection platforms. Or you could go to C-L-L-A-X, C-L-L-A-X.com to get deep details of each of the platforms that I'm going to mention here. So I read the first few. Uh, I, I mentioned that Microsoft Defender for Cloud is in this list here. Other players in the CWPP space include Trend Micro in their Cloud One platform, VMware, Carbon Black App Control. If you remember, Carbon Black was acquired by VMware, so now it's VMware Carbon Black App Control. Palo Alto Prisma Cloud is in this list. Illumio Core. I believe Illumio was built specifically to do this function. Uh, Illumio's existed for quite some time. Um, I, I remember following Illumio, my goodness, since 2013, 2014. I believe they existed for this space and it took me years before I even understood why they existed because it was new to me. Sophos has a player in this space, Sophos Central. Sentinel One has a product called Singularity Cloud. So if you think about Sentinel One, they are in the, I'd say, like in my thought, number two in the endpoint security space where. CrowdStrike being number one, Sentinel-1 being number two in this space here. So Sentinel-1 has Singularity Cloud. I have used the Sentinel-1 endpoint security tool. I've not used their their, um, CWPP capability. Next player in this list is Sysdig. Uh, Their name has a long name to it. Sysdig Secure. Oh, I, I see. I have two that I should have had an enter here. That's why I know Sysdig Secure is the name of the product. If you see my screen that I have in front of me here, I forgot to hit enter on the slide. The next one is Lacework, the Lacework Polygraph Data Platform. And I have folks who use Lacework, but I mentioned it up above here. So I got some some dupes on the slide here. That's what happened. Uh, And then Trellix Cloud Security is also on this list as well. So those are some of the key players in the CWPP space. I have used a different player. Uh, that's not on this slide here. So this is this came from the list that I grabbed. Um, I've also used Aqua Security in their CWPP capabilities and found great use of it. Um, I, f- I was able to uh, use C- uh, the Aqua Security tool, integrate it into my AWS environment, give it to my engineers. Really, have the engineers do the integration. 
Um, they found it really easy to use. Uh, I believe it was an agentless environment, so it it uh, used an API connection into the AWS environment and was able to look inside of our Kubernetes deployed environments to find configuration weaknesses, to find vulnerabilities inside the deployed platforms. I find something that I'm just really, it doesn't stand out by the CWPP definitions, but there are many times when your vulnerability management tool, and I'm thinking like your Tenable vulnerability management tool, your Rapid7, your Qualys, those types of tools, where they struggle to see inside your, um, your, uh, cloud workloads, your Kubernetes environments. Uh, I found hands-on that Aqua Security was able to see well inside my cloud security environments, my Kubernetes environments, find vulnerabilities, and then provide those vulnerabilities to our engineers and make a part of their their development and remediation lifecycle. So we, you know, set things up and handed it to them, and they could address those those risks, those vulnerabilities and risks. Uh, so a lot of CWPPs really focus on that. They mention vulnerability management in one word. I'm like, that's kind of a big deal. Your capability can do something that the leaders in the vulnerability management space kind of struggle with, uh, just based off of you, you built your solution differently. So keep that in mind from a CWPP perspective. And my friends, we are done with CWPP for now. We are about to travel into our final category of cloud security, and here we are, um, well into our time here. I knew we'd be, I knew we'd be live for a while today. I'm going to grab one more sip of my not so hot Dunkin' brew while we get into the final section here today. going to move into a category known as CNAP, Cloud Native Application Protection Platforms. And I then say, aka Container and Kubernetes Security, which kind of was the last part. And like, wait, hold on, wait, what is going on here? This is the stuff that kind of blew my mind where all of these different acronyms popped up on the scene. And I said, it's just too much. It's too much for me. And I'm I love this space. I'm really interested in the space. What about the poor people who don't necessarily love this space and have to figure out what to do with it? It's just too much. But CNAP is really interesting. I started learning about CNAP a little over a year ago, and I feel like I can help us define it pretty quickly by what we have in front of us here. The visual on my screen, but let me read the description here. CNAP, an integrated security platform as opposed to point security solutions such as CSPM, CWPP, or vulnerability management. CNAP also enables better collaboration among security, IT platform, and development teams to improve productivity and manage risks more efficiently in their cloud environments. So what do I think of this? I think of this as, there's too many acronyms. <laughs> There's way too many acronyms in the cloud security space. And this acronym, CNAP, is a tool that's bringing a bunch of solutions together. CWPP, CIEM, we mentioned that early on before, we'll dig into that a little bit more now, and CSPM. And according to the visual here, right, the CIEM is, is the, uh, the identity and access management piece of cloud, cloud identity access management. CSPM is cloud configurations. CWPP is looking inside your containers 
finding vulnerabilities in your containers, finding configurations and being part of your, your operations, your product operations, your DevOps, uh, DevOps uh, lifecycle. What are some of the key components of CNAP? I like getting into this one. This slide, I, I literally finished this morning. So let's see what, let's see what typos we can find in Sean's slide right now. Key components of a CNAP. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five key components. The first one is CSPM. Cloud security posture management to monitor, identify, alert on, and remediate compliance risks and misconfigurations in cloud environments. And a CSPM is made up of, of a couple capabilities here. Infrastructure as code security and compliance and governance. So infrastructure as code security to detect misconfigurations in code early in the software development life cycle to prevent vulnerabilities at runtime. And then compliance and governance to manage compliance status as well as remediate configuration drift and policy violations across multi-cloud environments. The second item in the key components of a CNAP is a CIEM, C-I-E-M, which stands for Cloud Infrastructure Entitlement Management. So when I hear the word entitlement, I go back to my early days of identity and access management entitlements. Who has access to what? Entitlements. Who has access to what? What's your identity and what's the entitlement from some other system that you have access to? You know, are you able to go into your workday environment and read something? Is that your entitlement? So entitlement management. If you're not familiar with that term, I figured I'd give a little overview. CI, cloud infrastructure entitlement management to mitigate the risk of data breaches in public clouds by continuously monitoring permissions and activities. Uh, the next area, the next key component is data protection to monitor, classify, and inspect data and prevent exfiltration of critical data as a result of phishing, malicious insiders, or other cyber threats. The fourth key component of a CNAP is identity and access management to control access to internal resources, ensuring users permissions grant them appropriate access to systems and data. Okay, so you got identity and access management and your entitle management. Okay. And then finally, the final key component of a CNAP is cloud workload protection platforms to provide visibility and control for physical machines, VMs, containers, and serverless workloads in hybrid, multi-cloud, and data center environments. So let's ponder this for just a moment here. What I'm getting from a CNAP is, my guess is the latest category in the world of cloud security where we're going to create a single platform that rolls up all the other cloud security things you did before into one platform. But not, not all of them, because I don't see SSPM in this list, SaaS Security Posture Management. I see this focusing around your cloud uh, your cloud infrastructure and your custom-developed applications that live on that cloud app, uh, cloud infrastructure. I don't see this necessarily focused around your SaaS products that uh, are run by your SaaS providers, like Salesforce, like Workday. Maybe you maybe you uh, are hosting a SaaS solution. It doesn't make it really SaaS. It's more on-prem. Maybe you're hosting uh, your on-prem software in your uh, cloud provider. And maybe you have an on-prem piece of software still and, and you want to run it in AWS or Azure. Then I guess a CNAP can be helpful there. But I don't see this 
CNAP solution helping us in securing our Salesforce environments, our Workday environments, our Okta environments, just to use some examples, our Zoom environments, our Microsoft Azure environments, per se. Uh, but I do see it helping us to secure our overall AWS, our overall uh our overall Azure development environments, our overall GCP environments, as well as the applications that live on them. So CNAP seems to be like saying, hey, we're going to take all these things and put it into one solution here. This definition that's on our screen here, by the way, came from Zscaler, who is a player in this space. And now might be a good time for us to look at the players that are in CNAP. Uh, I grabbed this from Frost and Sullivan, Frost and Sullivan, an analyst organization that did a uh, analysis of cloud security players, specifically CNAP players in 2022. So this came from uh, Frost and Sullivan's Frost Radar, their CNAP uh, report from 2022. And they have a handful of players in here from Trend Micro, Palo Alto, CrowdStrike, Lacework, Sysdig, Aqua Security, Checkpoint, Data Theorem, Orca, Wiz, Sophos, Tenable, Qualys, and NS Focus. Those, uh, and there's also Broadcom, way way down here. <laughs> uh, this is the list of players that uh, that uh, Frost and Sullivan thinks make up the CNAP market. And this is 2022. This is pretty recent. In uh, the number one and number two spot, there's Trend Micro and Palo Alto Networks. They have merged. They, they Sorry, not merged. They're not one. They're two, two very <laughs> different companies. They have emerged as clear leaders on the growth index because of their dominant market share and consistent revenue growth over the last three years. They have a strong customer base from their core business, network security and endpoint security, respectively, uh, which enables them to cross-sell their cloud security offerings. Both have a strong focus on cloud security and have invested significantly in technological innovations and product expansion, as well as channel partner ecosystems and programs to boost the cloud security business. These factors will allow them to maintain their growth momentum in the next couple years. So this, uh, the data that I'm reading from comes from a Frost and Sullivan report, which is definitely focused more on how do these businesses plan to grow as a business it's a little bit different than just a capability focus. Third up on the list is CrowdStrike. They're a third gener they're third in the growth index. That's the, the Frost and Sullivan report. Because of its strong and consistent growth over the last three years, despite the fact that it only ranks seventh in terms of market share. Frost and Sullivan recognizes its strong customer base and better brand perception, as well as its significant focus on cloud security, which will surely enable it to maintain robust growth momentum for its CNAP in the next two to three years. Um, my little comment on this is, right, CrowdStrike is an endpoint security tool. That's what everybody knows them for. But did you know that CrowdStrike actually has a very robust vulnerability management tool like that could compete with the big players in the vulnerability management space? I bet you didn't. Did you know that recently CrowdStrike uh, released a CIEM tool, basically a, an identity management security tool, cloud security tool? I bet you didn't. Uh, did you know that, uh, that CrowdStrike has a CSPM tool? Did you know that CrowdStrike has a CWPP tool? Did you know that uh, CrowdStrike has a CNAP 
they have all of these things built into the the CrowdStrike Falcon uh, dashboard. Um, they don't necessarily all play together, but you have a one-stop shop, and there's something nice about having a vendor you trust who's adding more capabilities. I don't necessarily... I think of them as the leader in endpoint security. I don't necessarily think of them as the leader in any of the other spaces, but they're competitive enough to at least give a look if you're trying to figure out who to bring in on these. And I have used their tools, all the tools I just mentioned, I have used all of them, all the different CrowdStrike tools, and they're competitive enough to give a look at. Maybe they uh, they have the right mixture of capability and cost for you. Maybe. CrowdStrike is not necessarily a cheap tool in this space, in any of these spaces. Fourth on this list is lacework. As threats and target as threats that target cloud infrastructure continue to grow in volume and sophistication, businesses are looking for innovative solutions that help them maintain cloud security across the application lifecycle. Not just the capabilities that span build to runtime, but also the ability to deliver security outcomes by correlating information about risks and threats at scale. This recognition in the Frost Radar Report demonstrates Lacework's, Laceworks commitment to improving the cloud security landscape with its innovative Polygraph data platform. That's their name. It's not you know the old FBI thing, but they created a thing called the Polygraph data platform, which enables security teams to gain better visibility and control over their greatest risks from a single all-encompassing platform. Based on patented cloud behavioral analytics, the platform automatically learns and alerts about abnormal behavior, offering capabilities to uncover cloud account and infrastructure as code misconfigurations, vulnerabilities, and compliance violations. In addition to continuous monitoring of runtime activities to detect known and unknown threats and protect cloud workloads. There's a lot of words there. That was a lot of words on the Lacework thing. Uh, I know people who use Lacework and swear by it as their all things cloud security platform. And I know people who use Lacework as their all things cloud vulnerability management platform as well. I've used Lacework. Uh, they also have a you know real-time uh, monitoring and response capability, automatic, automated response and good threat, uh, threat team as well. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of these other ones here before we wrap up. I'm going to go into just kind of poke through to a couple. I'm going to talk about Checkpoint for a moment here. All right, Checkpoint is on this list here. Um, Checkpoint's gl- Cloud Guard provides a suite of CNAP capabilities that offer customers unified security capabilities of multi-cloud deployments and automated DevOps security framework. Frost and Sullivan recognizes its commitment to innovation with its cloud security vision and its R&D and acquisition activities to expand the platform. Several important M&A and integrations have been made, including Dome 9 security in 2018, Protego in 2019, and Spectral to add infrastructure as code scanning and DevOps security tools in 2022. These acquisitions will help the company expand its platform capabilities in 2023 and beyond. However, Checkpoint should still improve its CWP runtime protection capabilities to gain traction in the market. In addition, Checkpoint should enhance its go-to-market strategy and channel partner programs to increase net new customers in the future instead of focusing on existing customers base for its CNAP business. Interesting. Frost and Sullivan giving some advice there. And let me see, what else do I have left here that I can review? Looks like I have, I have a couple more that I can talk about. Um, 
Let's see what they have to say about NS Focus. They're down towards the bottom of this list, but they are on the list here. NS Focus provides all capabilities to address CNAP use cases, including DevOps security, CSPM, CWPP, CIEM, and CNWS. We have not covered CNWS yet on cybersecurity growth. The DevOps security capability helps address supply chain security challenges using solutions such as code vulnerability scanning and SAST, DAST, and IAST. So static application security testing, dynamic application security testing. Interesting. Uh, it's the first time we've seen um, code testing in uh, any solution today. Particularly, NS Focus's CNAP can provide capabilities to protect runtime, containerized workload, uh, adaptively, adaptively, my goodness, containerized workload adaptively through their integration with Kubernetes-specific constructs and provides granular visibility into behavior and threat detection capabilities within the East-West network. With a more intense focus of cloud-native application development technologies, organizations are shifting from a traditional monolithic application development model, model to a microservice architecture and containerized approach using more open-source dependencies and libraries. Container and Kubernetes technologies and serverless computing are changing application development strategies as they enable organizations to flexibly design, develop, test, and launch their applications to the market Enhancing Customer Experience. The Cloud Native Computing Foundation 2021 annual survey showed that 96% of organizations are either using or evaluating Kubernetes and 93% are using or planning to use containers in production. However, the use of open source software, libraries and dependencies, and registries has introduced more security threats and concerns because these application artifacts remain at risk to container image vulnerability, host security, code injection for serverless applications, and compliance issues. The increasing complexity of the hybrid and multi-cloud environment, as well as expanding attack surface and security operation challenges, require an integration and cloud-native platform to provide organizations with visibility, control, and protection to secure modern cloud compute architectures, such as virtual machines, containers, Kubernetes, serverless, as well integrate security into the software development lifecycle and help organizations effectively deal with compliances. This makes the legacy security approach outdated because it is not designed to support micro-segmentation or be robust enough to keep pace with the application changes, particularly in container and serverless environments. I find this really interesting. I find this really interesting. I'm going to finish reading this. It's pretty long, but I, I'm, I'm continuing on. As a result, the CNCF, that was the, uh, the computing foundation that we mentioned earlier, the CNCF has called for a paradigm shift to a shift left and shield right security model to protect cloud native applications by moving security closer to dynamic workloads that are identified based on attributes and metadata such as labels and tags. The model requires security to be integrated early and throughout the application development lifecycle instead of only to the later phases as well as security management for the cloud environment in which the applications are deployed and running, which is driving the need for cloud native application protection platform. 
With CNAP, organizations are able to deal with these security threats and challenges with an integrated security platform as opposed to point security solutions such as CSPM, CWPP, or vulnerability management. CNAP also enables better collaboration among security, IT platform. Okay, great. Got it. We're reading things that I think we're already learned, but I find this really interesting. Like CWPP, which we learned a little while ago, and now CNAP, which is kind of a container of CWPP, CSPM, vulnerability management, and other stuff. Um, yeah, identity and cloud identity as well. Finally, the last, the last player vendor that I'm going to talk about in this slide is Aqua Security, which was mentioned in the Frost Radar report. And the copy says, customers are looking for a broader set of capabilities that can provide them with visibility and security from build to production and across DevOps, DevSecOps, and cloud infrastructure. This means they want CNAP solutions that cover the entire stack, code, application, workload, and infrastructure. In fact, these solutions can help them achieve a holistic security strategy and reach a zero trust security state across different cloud environments. Okay. That's all I got there. Uh, lots of, lots of players in this list. And again, there's more than 15 categories in the cloud security environment. And just look at how many players are in just the CNAP space, which is one that is still in the early, earlier growth stages. So that's our overview of CNAP. And this is now bringing us to our summary. If there's ever been a death by slides presentation here on cybersecurity growth, this is the one. We're on two hours now that we've been going. Let me wrap this thing up with our summary of what we covered here in this slide deck today. Cloud computing is becoming the norm. Accelerated migration to the cloud has enabled businesses to embrace their digital transformation. Cloud computing is transforming the application development lifecycle security operations, and the way organizations build, operate, and manage back-end infrastructure and front-end customer-facing applications with cloud-native technologies such as containers and Kubernetes, serverless, infrastructure as code, and other continuous integration, continuous delivery platforms for cloud management, application de development, and deployment. Organizations implementing a CSPM offering and extending this into development will reduce cloud-related security incidents due to misconfiguration by 80%. The Gartner hype cycle shows cloud security, the cloud security product space is massive with over 15 different product solution categories. We focused in on what I think are some of the most relevant solutions needed for today. CASB, the Cloud Access Security Broker, CSPM, Cloud Security Posture Management, SSPM, SaaS Security Posture Management, and CWPP, Cloud Workload Protection Platforms, Containers, Kubernetes Security, and then finally CNAP, Cloud Native Application Protection Platforms. Hope you found some value into our Cloud Security 101. Uh, I found this was very valuable for me. Uh, this is a space I have been learning from since about late 2018 and will continue to learn as it grows, morphs, and emerges. And I try to help myself 
become knowledgeable enough so I can help others make some thoughtful decisions in this space. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've got my contact info here. If you want to reach out to me or Cybersecurity Growth, you can learn more about Cybersecurity Growth at www.cybersecuritygrowth.com www.cybersecuritygrowth.com and you can also take a look at all of our previous webcasts our our podcasts and all of our blog posts at www.cybersecuritygrowth.com slash blog where everything is stored there forever and ever well folks that was the longest death by slides we have had in the history of cybersecurity growth. I do have a couple more things to cover before we end things today. We always have a section called what you listening to or what you're creating. What you're listening to. Uh, and the reason why is I can't really go a conversation without ever talking about music. I got a kind of obsession with music in many ways. Right over here, I actually have turntables with with my vinyl that I listen to right there and I got my wall of CDs over here records behind me and I even got instruments on the wall I do all the things I play all these things I use all these things so here's what I've been listening to maybe you'll find it interesting uh, I've been listening to uh, my new band I shouldn't say new band my band Octivate uh, sort of kind of a hard rock a little bit of a throwback late 90s early 2000s rock sound uh, we released two songs, one just recently, today, as of this recording, a song called Space, and one a couple weeks ago, a song called Forgive Me, so I've been listening to these songs because I spent lots of time recording and finishing them up, so I've been listening to my own songs, feel free to check them out in wherever you listen to music. Um, what else have I been listening to? I like to highlight things I listen to that aren't necessarily all the mainstream, I've been listening to an up-and-coming Boston rock band by the name Strictly Speaking. They kind of have a styles of Queens of the Stone Age and Royal Blood. So if you are into either of those two groups or styles, you might want to check out Strictly Speaking. I'm really enjoying them. Um, I think they only have one studio song, maybe two studio songs released on Spotify or wherever you listen to music, but they have uh, three or four songs that are listed as live, which I think sound fantastic. And I was talking to members of the band, and they've got more coming, and I can't wait. Really enjoying their music, and uh, love to see this up-and-coming band do great things. Finally, something completely different. This huge artist that I consider an unknown artist because I didn't know who they were. The artist is Potsu, P-O-T-S-U, Potsu. I think of them as this huge unknown artist. Why? They have over two million monthly. They have about two million monthly listeners on Spotify. They're enormous. Um, but I've never heard of them until someone in my family introduced me to them. And I feel like whenever I hop in the car, I pop them on for a little while. And they're kind of, uh, the, the genre that I consider them as is lo-fi jazz. So if you're like, wait, what is that? Look up Potsu, P-O-T-S-U. And if you're not familiar with what lo-fi or lo-fi jazz is, check it out. That's what I've been listening to. Well, my friends... What a day today. It's a wrap. This is our wrap. I want to thank you all for listening and all of those of you who are watching. I'm Sean Valley. I'm the creator of this show and the music here on Cybersecurity Growth. 
cybersecuritygrowth.com and cybersecuritygrowth.com slash blog is where you can find everything about me. You can find me online uh, on many social networks under the name Sean Valley or Cybersecurity Growth. If you like this show, please tell your friends. If you hate it, tell your adversaries. Please like and subscribe to the show. And wherever you're listening to it, please leave a five-star review. And you can say something like, great show. I learned something new to help me in my cybersecurity career. It would be greatly appreciated. This week, we covered an overview of the explosive cloud security solution space, including CASBs, CSPMs, SSPM, CWPP, containers and Kubernetes security, containers and Kubernetes security, as well as CNAP. Uh, Thinking about plans for next week, well, I usually do the show weekly, but for those of you who have been paying close attention, for some reason I took a, we'll call it a couple weeks off. What I'm working on next, I'm working on a show about landing a job in cybersecurity, talking about resumes, job searches, interview prep, working on that, stuff like that. I'm also working on a show about incident response and what's needed to build out an incident response program and working on another on conducting your own cybersecurity maturity assessment. So you can conduct those internally at your own team, your own org. Walk around with the checklist. Uh, So probably one of those topics. I will say this. I am live weekly on Twitch Fridays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Time, and 3.30 p.m. GMT, and in your pod feeds a few days later. My name is Sean Valley from here at Cybersecurity Growth. This is all for now. We will see you next time on Cybersecurity Growth. (laughs) Bye for now, everyone.